0: The perception of the enlightened what appears as the world is but sat alone it is chit as well so is it ananda in essential content it never is insubstantial yet it being so is not evident to the unenlightened the existence of the sun easily perceptible to the sighted, is simply a darkish vacuity for the sightless. Hi, hello and welcome back to the Lamp of Awareness. We're working through the poem written by Srinarana Guru called Advaita Dipika The Little Lamp. Srinarana Guru was a sage who lived between 1854 and 1928. He was a seer, meaning uh, he was a person who lived realizing that there is one ultimate reality that underlies the being of everything. He has been followed by a series of gurus. One of the followers is Swami Muni Narayana Prasad, who is the author of this book that we're currently working through called The Shorter Philosophical Poems of Narayana Guru. He is also the current head of Narayana Gurukula, which is a guru-disciple foundation aimed at promoting the science of the Absolute called Brahma Vidya, as restated by Nairana Guru. Since last week, I have been privileged to get an opportunity to listen to a series of talks by Swami Muni Prasad. It's as a part of a series of classes that are currently running. I have to say the presence of this Swami is sublime. He conveys the meaning of the absolutism in the first meeting, and I'm looking forward to listening to more of his talks. Our gratitude today is to Swami Muni Prasad for the many books that he has written. This verse 11 has been a challenge for me, as it took many attempts to fully grasp the essence of what is being conveyed in this verse. An amazing verse, and in fact, my favorite so far. The complexity is deep, and the deeper we go, the sweeter the meaning. Say that I decided to run the marathon, which is something that I've always been amazed by. It would be good for my health. It would raise money for charity. So I will start my preparation, read up how long the route, the diet how to train, how to develop my stamina. Then off I go and start my training. At some midpoint, even though I obey the rules and the guidelines, by running at even pace, the pain starts to kick in. Then I have an internal dialogue which says that this should not happen because I have done everything as I should have done. Oh, but I'm wearing the right shoes. Eating the right diet, and so why am I getting the pain? Now, we all want happiness and want to avoid pain and misery. That is why we started this journey of getting to know the meaning of life and why we're learning about this poem. How to live with happiness is the question. As we started our inquiry, we came to know that we're part of one consciousness, like the wave is part of the ocean. We started to relate to that metaphor. We've learnt that we're not alone. The light of the consciousness is within us. This life is a journey and that this world is not real. What is real is chit, which is pure consciousness. The world is a temporary formation and is continually moving and evolving. In the last verse, we explored why, even though we know this world is not real, still, why does our senses give information as if this world is real? Why do I forget that this world is not real? So this is the point when I, the runner, will give up, get tired, and decide not to continue with the marathon. The seeker of the truth will also start to give up and get despondent because he keeps forgetting that this world is not real. You see, this is the breaking point. Do I, as the runner, accept the pain, go through it and complete the run? Similarly, the nana, the wise one, is challenged and he comes to realize that if everything is pure consciousness, Nothing exists outside, inside, over, above, or anywhere in between. Everything is part of the consciousness. So do not worry if the one pure consciousness, Chit, is momentarily veiled. It is as it should be. There is a Maya principle within the primal seed of the pure consciousness. So there is no more a battle, which was the inquiry in the verse 9 and verse 10. I should not question whether I will or can finish the run. Of course I can. This is the point that I must believe that I am a top runner and I will finish the marathon and raise the money for the charity. This is the point of no return for the runner and the narnin the runner gets stronger and the Nanin becomes wiser by accepting that the Maya is not to be fought, but to accept as part and parcel of Chit, the pure consciousness. I felt really happy at this point of the poem, as all frustrations lifted and my level of awareness grew. The poem has revealed to, at another level, in this verse, The poem here has elevated to another level in this verse and it turns beautifully. Enjoy verse 11 of Advaita Depika, The Little Lamp, along with the explanations given by Swami Muni Narayana Prasad in his book of shorter philosophical poems of Narayana Guru. In the perception of the enlightened, What appears as the world is but sat alone. It is chit as well. So is it ananda in essential content? It never is insubstantial. Yet it being so is not evident to the unenlightened. The existence of the sun, easily perceptible to the sighted, is simply a darkish vacuity for the sightless. Discriminating the real and the unreal was the main presentation in the first half of the present work. The conclusion thus arrived at was this, pure and unconditioned consciousness, chit, as the one underlying substance sat alone exists on its own. The apparent world has no existence of its own and hence is unreal. Why is it then that, even after knowing thus clearly and definitely, the world continues to appear as real as the senses? This is the major problem posed in verse 9 and verse 10, That form the very middle of the work. How the world thus appears to be real to sense perception is adjudged by a Nanin, an enlightened one. The central point of the answer to the question is what we see in the present verse. The remaining verses are a sort of elaboration appended to what this verse conveys to us. The Guruk clarifies the point with the help of an analogy. As the sun shines in the sky on a bright day, it radiates its light everywhere and everything in the world becomes perceptible because of its light. Still, such a sight is perceptible only to a sighted person. No blind person can see it. For the blind, even such a sight appears to be a void of darkness. Likewise is the case of the sun of consciousness, the sun of Atma. It incessantly manifests itself as all the world. The enlightened one, with the inner light of wisdom open, perceives the one consciousness or Atma alone as assuming the form of manifesting itself as everything, altogether forming what we call the world. In other words, a nānin is fully aware that what is seen as the world is nothing but ātmā or consciousness. Reality as the abstract substance that underlies all appearances having no form or name of its own, is termed Avyakrata, the unmanifest, literally that which has not yet been made into specific forms. In the state in which it has assumed specific, perceptible, understandable forms, it is called Vyakrata, the manifest, for instance, gold as a substance is avyakrata and it becomes viyakrata as it appears in the form of various ornaments. So too, Atma is avyakrata, the world is simply its viyakrata form. A nanin, therefore, sees only consciousness or atma sat-chit-ananda, in essence, alone as manifesting itself as the perceived world. What is ultimately real is called sat in Sanskrit, the one and only ultimate reality, atma, thus is definable as sat. Atma as sat has inherent in it the immense potential and urge to unfold itself as the world. For this reason, it never remains unmanifest. Atma thus becomes manifest, is what we call the world which on its own is unreal, asat. A Nanin sees in the unreal, apparent world, the one real, unmanifest, Atma alone manifesting. What in essential content is this one ultimate reality, Sat? It is consciousness in essence. Chit is the Sanskrit word for consciousness. Atma thus is definable as Chit as well. This Chit as abstract reality is avyakrata and having become vyakrata assumes the form of all kinds of knowledge. Knowing the world as existing, termed avidya, as well as knowing the world as not existing, termed vidya. In other words, both vidya, which is knowledge, and avidya, which is ignorance, are different mutually exclusive. Manifestations of one chit. Sense experience. In the present case of experiencing the world as existing is also none other than a particular manifest form of chit. Sense perception always involves more than an event of knowing something. Along with knowing Evaluating what is perceived in terms of the perceiver's value notions and relating it with one's likes and dislikes in life, pleasure and pain also takes place. One likes the object if it is pleasurable, dislikes it if painful, and feels indifference if it is neither pleasant nor unpleasant. Whatever the resultant feeling, relating the known object to one's happiness and suffering always takes place, and it takes place nowhere else than in consciousness. The Essential Content of Atma This evaluating aspect that serves as a measuring rod for the discriminating pain and pleasure is what is called ānanda in Vedānta. Put conversely, it is the ānanda content of ātmā that manifests itself as our pleasures and pains. A Nanin therefore, sees only the ānanda aspect of his own beingness, ātmā becoming Vāyākratā. In all pleasant and painful experiences in the perceived world. In short, in the perception of a Nanin, the world that continues to be perceived even after realizing its being unreal, is nothing but the manifestation of the Satchit Ananda content of Atma, the Self. The apparent world, in other words, is nothing other than Atma manifesting itself. This apparent world thus is not insubstantial, nor is it chaotic and orderless either. This is the reason why it is called the cosmos. The one all underlying reality, when manifesting itself as the lawful, and harmonious cosmic order is called Ratha in Sanskrit. Hence the Guru's words, it never is Anratha, rendered here as it never is insubstantial. In short, the self-manifestation of the one consciousness, the all underlying reality, Sat-Chit-Ananda, in essence, is what an enlightened person continues to perceive as the world. The perceiver and the act of perceiving are also none other in essence. What really happens in sense perception is not the event of one perceiving another, it simply is the one consciousness reality unfolding itself as the perceiver. The perceived object and the act of perceiving, and all these three once again realizing their essential oneness. This truth is not apparent to all. For a Narnin, on the other hand, it is something as clear as broad daylight. It would not be a nānīn who asks, why does the world continue to be perceived even after one realizes it to be unreal. Some basic stands of Vedanta are founded on experiential dialectical awareness, yoga buddhi. Those who ask for such explanations in the usual course rely on logical thinking alone, with no idea about the dialectical awareness of nanins. Such doubts are never answerable logically. On the contrary, the doubts vanish altogether on one's becoming enlightened. The Guru therefore warns, yet it being so is not apparent to the unenlightened. Wow, that was an amazing verse and I hope um, you enjoyed the verse and of course as ever goodbye for now and um, look forward to going through verse 12 with you thank you bye